All right. Welcome to Stalk Odds, another podcast here. We have odds and ends with Rob Friesen and Dave Singh. We're trying to get ready for the week ahead here and look at the data and see how we can come up with some better probability bets for the week ahead. Hey, Rob. Good evening. Hey, how are you doing? Good, thanks. Having a good weekend so far? I am. Good. How are you? Not too bad. Just reorganizing yeah, like, stuff and getting getting caught get up on things. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, we come off a week, uh, a week, week. Uh, the indices are kind of down. Um, there's not much catalyst in the way. And uh, I look at my bearings personally for my own trading, but um, wanted to see what you see in the odds and uh, uh, try to help other traders out as well. Well, let me, I noticed, uh, you know, Thursday and Friday, the U.S. dollar was up a lot. And I think that represents a, a flight to quality, maybe a concern of uh, some tapering uh, earlier than expected. Um, that might coincide with the 10-year, if you've seen it uh, creeping up at all. Um, the VIX is at 22.35, so it's still at a lower high than the last spike that we had. But, I mean, we may not be finished yet here on this sell-off. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. So when the U.S. dollar is up, commodities overall perform, uh, you know, down uh, because they're priced in U.S. dollars. So, like, for example, silver is kind of getting pummeled down to 22.36. And I think if it drops below... 22 it, it'll probably go to 20 um you know that there's kind of that air pocket there so uh silver not doing so good now gold is doing a little bit better it's got a number of uh support levels um below yet but i think the 1675 is key on gold now think about this for a minute the dollar moving up should make oil go down as well but we've seen oil trade above 75 for the Brent crude and the WTI West Texas is above 71. So seasonally it should be weaker and according to the dollar it should be weaker but it's stronger. That means that on a relative basis it's even stronger. So um, we've had that dip in August. We got a great chance to run some of these oils short and in fact some days now recently one day I was long the next day I'm short the next day I'm long, the next day I'm short. So I've been taking odds on the oil stocks and it's been going pretty well with the with the way the odds have been saying, but I'm not gonna get stubborn, you know, if the oil stocks really wanna run, I'm gonna give them room to breathe here. So I'll see what, you know, I don't want too much exposure, like having 10 oil stocks short or 10 long. I'd like to be a little bit more diversified. What's your thoughts on that? No, it sounds right. Like it sounds like we had our big move down in August. Mm -hmm. And seasonally, we should be weak, but I mean, it's like the dead cat bounce, right? Coming coming off such a low, it does have that strength and right. support below it. But I did notice the ten years been strong yeah. going up and rallying. That's going to help financials, maybe put some pressure on tech. Okay, good. And good. Um, financials, okay. Kind of interesting tech being weak, and also the capitalization of certain stocks being weak. The mega cap. Well, let's just review that for a minute, because like when we came in to sell in May and go away, there was a there was a transition to value. We saw that already starting to creep in in April and by you know May and June, they were still after the value stocks and there was, you know, the, the big caps were holding up. The NASDAQ 100 has been really strong until just recently, in fact. So the, you know, the three month favored, or three months ago, it really favored the mega cap and the large cap. And then recently, 
in the one month, I've seen that small cap, micro and nano have been outperforming large. And then recently in the one week, really outperforming large. And then the one day, like Friday, again, uh, small caps held up pretty well considering the down day we had and mega cap and large cap really took it on the chin. So it's very interesting that the money still seems to be supporting these smaller uh, you know, issues and even some of the riskier stuff like nano and micro. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, we, we, we can't, we gotta, we gotta continue with that theme. Look at the Russell 2000 uh, ETF. That's kind of been in a channel and hasn't had either the big up moves or the down moves of, of the other ETFs. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting where we sit right now. We saw a lot of, uh, uh, you know, people come out and, and draw a trend line on the SPY and the, and the Dow and so on. But if they're going to be honest, I think that Friday we took out that trend line, didn't we? Are you there? Hello? We did. We, we, did. we took out that trend line. Yeah. I'm I just thinking also sentiment-wise, there's so much pessimism like now in the market. Everyone says September is weak, October is weak. Institutions mm -hmm. are coming year end. I mean, with that much pessimism, could as a contrarian view, could this all be supportive just in general? And well, then, yeah. The, I mean, our seasonality for September shows the biggest weakness occurring in the first part of September, right after Labor Day, and right into Expiration Friday, which we just had. Yeah. And Expiration Friday says supposed to be down like 1%. Well, you know, we did it, <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, everything's, right. been, everything's been tracking. Everything's been tracking according to our seasonality almanac. July, August outperformed it, but July was right on point. And September so far is on point. So that means if we're going to stick with our calendar, it says that the last five days of the month, right into the last day of the month, are uh, favorable. So the question is, this next week up to Thursday, you know, what are we expecting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Friday starts the first day of the last five days of the month. And I would say that there could be a turn on Friday or it could just happen on Monday the 27th through the 30th. Um, uh -huh. So we're, 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 we're in this situation because of that trend line break and there may be some follow through. So, so the bearish people might still get their way for the next few days. And it'll be like when they really, really get bearish, then it may turn. So I don't know if we're at the, I don't know if we're at that capitulation kind of point yet. So I, I'm, I'm on the fence here. I'm preparing lists for both. I'm preparing that if we come in Monday morning and things are, you know, there's a the real upbeat sentiment, it looks like a risk on day from, from our various indicators that we watch, I will deploy more of the risk on. That being said, I might be able to do that even if it's a down day, just because of the performance of the smaller cap stuff over the large cap that's been happening recently. So we may nice. be able to have our cake and eat it too, right? <laughs> no, but think about that. It, it, it's, it's interesting because we could prepare for a risk on day, um, 
But that might just mean they rotate back into the NASDAQ 100 stuff. So, yeah. you know, we could be foiled by, by our own thinking. Whereas if it's a down day, we might still be better off with some of the Russell uh, 2000, uh, the good stuff that are, we have really good odds on. We, we could be better off long that. It's an interesting dilemma. Now, of the signals you, you look at, like RSI, are there certain ones that are giving you more confidence and following for the coming week? I mean, there's percent B. Well, I, I, I really love percent B when we get into, a, you know, a, an extended sell off type of thing, because I love standard deviation. Um, you know, it, I think that especially when you you look at significant down performance and penetration, possibly of the lower Bollinger Band. Um, you, if you get uh, odds uh, and average performance that expected to be very positive coming out of that, you know, you could even curate your list for a bit higher volatility, you know, something that has, you know, the elasticity to really snap back and give you great performance. Um, so I love that. I love that percent B. Um, that being said, um, some of the indicators like, um, Maybe Connors has an element of that in there and an RSI three. Um, now, is we, Connors similar most to, to what other indicator? Well, it's kind of com combined, right? So, I mean, it's like money flow, money flow uh, to some degree as well. Um, it's it's new for me. I haven't spent a lot of time in Connors, um, and I want to continue to um, explore it because I think there's some nuggets within it. Um, have you uh, spent much time on Connors? I haven't, and the performance to me is very similar to RSI. So I'm trying to distinguish okay. which okay. might have a better advantage for, for the screens I've been doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, with RSI, I same the same principle applies. So 30 to 70 RSI is really that uh, transition and, and sort of continuation uh, realm. Um, and I really like when we get down into, you know, 10 or 15 or 5 RSI and we, and we have from that odds of a reversal with great average performance. It's the same argument as the percent B. So if I combine both signals, if I say let's, let's run both screens and put them together and where they align, um, I, I find that a good dynamic. It's a good plan. Yeah. Um, so what else we got on our list here? Um, so you think might be with the 10 year creeping up might be a bit bearish for technology? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's usually supports financial stocks, but uh, the ability for growth is diminished as interest rates go higher. So that actually it's like double confirmation. Higher interest rates is, is pressure on technology. Also, money flow out of mega cap and money money flow into small cap it's almost like a two confirmations of the same thing that weakness on uh, technology so that could be a good um, theme for this coming week especially since there's no catalyst and, we're, and we haven't reached that final five days of the month which are more bullish statistically well i mean normally the the time where money flow really occurs in the smaller cap stuff and we get really great breadth of the market has historically been November uh, and into the first six uh, the, the the six months from November to April. That that's really been where they've shined. Um, in recent years, is that I've due seen, to institutions closing out their year? What is it? End of October they close it out or September? 
most um, well no there's a few there's a few that are end of September the rest of them are end of October um, uh-huh. there is a few at the end of the year as well um, but yeah there's there's a lot of year ends it could be related to that and then they 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 pick up and start buying again in November but like if you go look at IWM's performance in November it's it's over five percent compared to the s and p maybe what's that that's huge, five uh, percent just in November. Oh yeah, it is. It's a very significant. So, um, and it's been historically very accurate, and almost to the day. It's like that first day in November, we're off to the races. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stick with um, just being a little bit cautious for the next four days to five days, and uh, and see if. Um, you know, the market wants to continue the sell-off. And, and and if it does, I really want a high-volume flush-out. I want some, to some evidence of capitulation. Um, and then it would be ideal. But um, looking at the way that the calendar has been displayed, like Friday should have been that day. So therefore, yeah. I'm also prepared to deploy more of a risk on, you know, kind of let's 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 retrace back up. And it, it it might be concurring like with what you said. Everybody else is getting really bearish, uh, yeah. you know. Especially, see, the problem with humans is that we weight what has happened most recently as sort of the fact what and and what will happen next, right? Correct. And and so, oh, we were down so much. Oh, it's a terrible environment. You know, we're going down further. This is what we do. Um, and so that's why to be data driven is really important. And now here's here's a tell. When you went to curate longs from our entire database, how many longs did you have that would would be, let's say that would be with some of the ingredients that say check, 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 these parameters all work for us to really be long way going more into longs Monday. How many? Short. How many? Way more longs than short candidates. Do you have an idea? Uh, something like, like 700. <laughs> okay. Now, how many but shorts? Like many 140. Shorts? So it was way okay, like well, a four to one to, kind of ratio. See, to me, that's an indication that things have already gotten to that point. Because what, what is really happening when we have uh, a signal and a subsequent odds of, you know, 55, 60, 65, you know, really robust and average performance over the next day or next three days, very robust. What is really happening? It's, it's, it's telling you that on those over 700 symbols because there's been very few times in the last 2000 days that they've done that. And when they've done it, they've rebounded out of that same signal very aggressively. So yeah. that's what's really happening in on from the data side. And so I do like remember when I came into Friday, I said on the or even Thursday, I said I've got more shorts than longs. When even Wednesday, it was like more shorts than longs. But before that I had more longs than shorts. And then Friday right. I had way more shorts than longs, right? So so was not Friday a down day? It was. so. Well, isn't that interesting, right? So, like, now we're curating for Monday, and we've got more longs and shorts. That suggests maybe some... It should maybe just suggest we might have a good, a good rally type of a day. And then the key is, 
you know, when you have when you have those type of singles, and and let's just say, for example, that you know you come out of the gate tomorrow, and and it's really rallying, um, and you need to add more short side to uh, to to your, you know, to balance out. You don't have to panic and and try to hedge it all off at one time. You can like let it breathe, let it mature. Um, put some out, put some, some more out or whatever. And if it's still running aggressively, then just let her ride. And you got to have confidence in your observations of the market too, right? So, you know, when in doubt, obviously hedge off completely. When things are choppy and whatever, hedge off completely. If you hedge off at the open completely and then all of a sudden you see all your indicators are saying, well, we got we got a really rally going on here. It doesn't take anything to buy in a little bit and let it rip. So, well, if, if you look at the futures right now, we're already down on the futures, and we have such a large list of longs. I mean, at the open, maybe just deploy all the longs and and let the market go for a bit and see if you really need to hedge right away. Yeah, well, I I mean, you could, like I said, just to be on the safe side, you could do everything so you're completely balanced. Like, figure out how many longs you're going to get filled on, how many shorts you're going to get filled on try to offset it with with the ETFs but if you you know if you get that signal that hey wait a minute <laughs> there's buyers showing up here in mass well you can just buy in a little bit of your ETF because hey if you're wrong it doesn't take anything to get back short again you might give up a few cents or even 20 cents it's not going to be the end of the world but if you're right and it rips a dollar you're going to be really happy you did that so just there's certain days when you can make this extra amount of money um, from what we call a crutch trade. This is an example of of that. If we're opening down a lot, um, then you know you you owe it to yourself to say, well, let me see what I can do with this type of day, because that's very different than a sideways choppy day, right? When we're opening choppy or inside day. If we're opening on a gap down, that is not an inside day, most likely, because we closed pretty low to the low of the day on Friday, didn't we? We did. Right. It's like like, like you say, different strokes for different folks, folks, and uh, there's a lot of possibilities with the same. Yeah, bit I mean of we data. we weren't exactly at the low, but we closed pretty low. But like right now, already in terms of Friday's close to what we're going to see Monday morning, it, it may be a gap lower. Um, and therefore you're at a discount, your odds could be highly advantaged. Um, so it, it could be quite nice, but you know, there's a, quite a few hours between now and then. So we, we just won't know. And that's part of just being prepared. So again, just to close on this note, preparing for allowing the market to be down Monday and even the next four or five days. Also preparing for a deep discount and to be able to rally back. We'll see if anyone wants to show up. Um, there, you know, we we had our expiration event. That was as, as, as expected. We'll see where we go from here. Okay. Well, appreciate right. that with Thanks you. Yeah, it's good stuff. And um, we will uh, see you in the morning.